tell me where in the world is crime in San Diego. Welcome back to Where in the World is Crime in San Diego. This is our Maya Miliete, uh, Larry Miliete preliminary hearing update. So we will give a breakdown of what Angie and I have seen and heard on days one through three. All right. So Angie, let's roll. All right. So day one, most of the morning went to the attorneys arguing what motions could and couldn't be displayed during this preliminary trial. So the first witness didn't take the stand until about 1 p.m. And that was Destiny Johnson. She was a legal assistant for Broaden Law Firm, a family law. And she was the last person known to speak to Maya before her disappearance. She talked to her about 1.45 p.m. And Maya had called in to set up an appointment to start the divorce process. Destiny says that she emailed Maya an intake form, which is part of their process, to get background information that they would be able to discuss on the appointment that was set for the following Tuesday, January 12th. And she states that this she holds a little remorse for this because she doesn't know if this is what might have led to like Larry finding this email and therefore acting on those emotions. So she feels like not responsible, but just kind of like a little guilt. Um, She says that she emailed that to Maya after the phone call and after a couple of days of not hearing back and remembering how distressed Maya was. She said the conversation was very intense and that's not normal for her. And on January 11th, she let her bosses know that like, hey, this claimant hasn't answered any any correspondence, anything I've been sending. So that's when they told her to call Chilvisa Police Department and report it. She left in tears, like obviously who wouldn't, but it's just really heartbreaking to hear. The second witness to take the stand was David Garber, and he's a forensic specialist for the Chilvisa Police Department. And he took the photos and samples on January 23rd that are used to document the evidence found. So he testified to finding to detectives pointing out some blood that was found in the master bathroom. It was tested, but his job isn't to follow up on the results. So we'll hopefully hear from that throughout. He also confirmed that uh, there was blood splatter about two to three feet worth. And those were more samples that he tested. He saw damage to the master bedroom door. And he said that there was spots on the wall that were like, patch but unpainted that looked recent he also documented the guns and the computer history along with a letter that he found in a couple letters from maya to larry that were found in the nightstand and in another dresser in the room so garber's testimony did take a little bit so it started on day one and ended on day two in the beginning and after that next on the stand was mary chris droulette Hope I didn't mispronounce that. That is Maya's older sister. She's been the one that's been behind the posters, the search parties, the prayer groups, this full force leading the family into helping find and get Maya's name out there. So she gave background on the family, how they grew up in the Philippines and they moved to Hawaii. Then little by little, they all came to San Diego. She testified that she was one of the ones who heard Maya say, if something happens to me, it would be Larry. And she said this to her, to Mary Chris and to Genesis, who's her sister-in-law, while they were in a trailer during the glamorous New Year's Christmas getaway. 
So the cool thing about the preliminary is that we'll start to hear like who said what, and that might help us get some credibility to some of these statements other than like an unknown or unnamed witness. She did testify that Larry was resistant to call 911 and to get the authorities involved in searching for Maya. And Larry's lawyer argued that the reason for this was because Larry was used to Maya coming in at three in the morning because she was such a party girl. She also um, pointed out that with all these search parties and prayer groups, they got time on national TV and that part of the reason for them doing these search parties was to get fame, which just sounds ridiculous. So Maya's sisters and family used to call her Tammy as like a nickname. It was like an inside joke between them since they were growing up. So they showed some text messages from Maya, a.k.a. Tammy, sent to Mary Chris about pawning some Louis Vuitton bags and her Rolexes in exchange for a $10,000 loan so she could retain a divorce lawyer without Larry noticing. So she just needed some time to figure out items that he wouldn't notice were missing. And these texts were sent on January 4th, which was the last time that she actually had a text exchange with her sister. Not any communication. They seem to have like a Facebook messenger and like different group chats. But as far as text messages individually, that was the last conversation they had. And Mary Chris was actually already working out a way with her husband to be able to give Maya the money without any trace or any exchange of items just to help her get out of the situation. When she was asked about Maya's drinking habits, Mary Chris says that the family as a whole aren't big drinkers, that typically it's like one to two social drinking, but nothing heavy, never excessively drunk. Larry's lawyers use the instance of Maya's 39th birthday when they spent it at Temecula Winery as an example of how she was a quote unquote alcoholic. They also asked Mary Chris if she's aware that Larry used to have to go pick up Maya at all hours of the night when she was too intoxicated to get home. To which she said that she was never aware of these instances. She also stated that Maya made about 150000 or more. She had recently been doing really well at work. And Larry made significantly less, but somehow he still controlled all the finances. To the point where the only way that Maya could get her hands on cash is to put things on credit cards and pay for her sister's portion. Like if they'd go shopping together. And then her sister would pay her in cash. And then Larry would just think that like Maya was excessively shopping. So on the day of Maya's disappearance, she says that she did a walk through the house before calling the cops to see search every room and see if there was any sign of like either Maya was asleep or just another room, like just to verify for herself. She says that when she walked into the master bedroom, it looked different than what Maya normally had it. And that there was only a fitted sheet on the bed that was like crisp and like Nobody had sat on it, laid on it, nothing, which was not normal for their bedroom. She also said that later when she was shown pictures of what the officers noticed when they went in to do a report and to like evaluate the room, that it looked different than what she had last seen it, which was only maybe a couple hours difference. So that was odd. She said that there was a quilt on the pictures that she never saw when she walked into the room. Uh, Just some things out of order and displaced. Mary Chris was asked if she was aware of Maya ever having a dating app on her phone, which she said she was not aware of. She also never confirmed knowing or witnessing Maya in an affair. Um, At one point, Larry's lawyers tried to accuse Mary Chris of being guided on her answers by the counsel. And the judge dismissed it, 
um, he just credited to her being on the stand for two days. And with so many objections and miswording of questions from Larry's lawyer, she would forget to cite like the date or the time or like narrow down the questions. She was trying to save time. So she would do very vague and broad questions, which would take about three tries for her to get the question in the right format. And this took up about second day and most of the third day, which is a long time for someone to be on the stand. So it's totally understandable. And now we're going to get into the rest of day three. Special Agent Francisco Paradis was the fourth witness to take the stand, and he specializes in firearms and collecting and evaluating illegal firearms. He testified to being asked to evaluate the guns that were found in the home. And he states that the gun had four features, which for any gun fanatics might know what these next couple words mean. Semi-automatic, collapsible stock, pistol grip below action, and a magazine release. And he says that these features individually aren't that harmful, but these features all together made this an illegal assault weapon. He also mentions that the company that made the parts went out of business in 2017, and there was a law in 2018 making it mandatory to register any assault weapons of this kind. So as of now, there's no way to retract that. This gun is considered illegal and it is confiscated by the state and it won't ever be returned to an owner. Uh, Larry's lawyers did try to ask if there was any way to rectify that and recover it, which seemed like a really odd question to ask. They don't know why they would do that in a full courtroom that's televised, but yeah, that happened. And now we move on to the fifth witness, which is Maya's baby brother, Jr. He is married to Genesis, the one who witnessed the statement of, if I get hurt, it would be Larry. He states that Larry talked a lot about guns and cryptocurrency recently. He had like a, not obsession, but just it always became a topic of conversation very easily. JR says that he, when he first moved to California, he lived with Maya and Larry for a bit. So he did observe them as like a happy couple for some time. But in May of 2020 to June of 2020, Maya moved out for about six weeks to live with JR just to like get some space. The relationship wasn't doing well. Um, she had mentioned to him about like wanting to separate even at that point and about trying to figure out how to co-parent, but didn't really know how to approach the situation. During this time, Larry would call JR multiple times to ask what she was doing, who she was with, was she home? And one day in June, Larry and Maya just drive up to the house, go up to the room and start collecting her belongings. And JR just assumed that they like made up and she was ready to go back home, but they never actually had a conversation about it, which I realize is kind of weird, but I think it's more in hindsight. Like in the moment, he was just like, oh, she's a grown woman. She's making her own decision. August 12th of 2020, Maya sent her brother a series of texts voicing her frustration with Larry being quote unquote toxic and mentally abusive. She cites that any male coworker that she worked with, she would be accused of having an affair with. She lists three of them as examples. She even claims that he tried to run one over in the parking lot. And even when Maya began working, like teleworking 100%, when she had any contact from any male, even at home, Larry would still be concerned. The latest coworker that she had is assumed to be the one that he considers that guy. But on the Glamis trip in December of 2020, 
JR is the one who hears Larry say he wanted to get, quote unquote, that guy. And he testified that after that or after returning, Larry started to call multiple times in one day to complain about Maya and ask him for help. January 8th, he went over to check on Maya and when he knocked on the door, his niece told him she had been locked in her room for 11 hours now and she hasn't fed us. So he went upstairs, he saw Larry and then he asked what was going on and Larry said they had a night a fight the night before and that she hadn't came out since. JR called her name, he knocked on the door, he tried it, it was locked. He tried for a bit and then kind of just figured... Okay, she doesn't want to be bothered. He went downstairs and as him and Larry were talking, Larry told him that he had been at work all day, but he was dressed in board shorts. Now is a little weird. He also said that his son Lazarus had been with him all day and they had just ate french fries. Which again, if he was at work all day and he worked at the Navy hospital, you typically can't take your kids to that kind of workplace. While they were downstairs, uh, JR noticed that Maya's second to oldest daughter, Melani, was running from the hallway to the door to kick it. And she had taken martial arts, so she was a pretty strong little girl. And she tried multiple times. He says it was under five, but more than one for sure, where she was just like running, grabbing wind and then like karate kicking the door. And even to that, like nobody answered. There was no reaction. And Larry kind of brought up a really random conversation. He was talking about domestic abuse and what qualifies. And then he went on to illustrate that punching a wall. And he did this while his brother-in-law, JR, is standing there. So like inches from his face, he slaps the wall to show that even that is considered domestic violence. Which is really odd. Then he went on to say that things such as mental abuse, like yelling or shouting, also counted as domestic violence. During this encounter, JR also noticed that the door had a patch on it, which looked recent, but he wouldn't be able to say for sure. After he left, he still had like that weird feeling. So instead of going home the way he normally would, he made a left at the stop sign and kind of like went through the back of the house to see if he could get a different angle of the master bedroom door or see if the lights were on, like any activity in there. He tried Maya's phone multiple times, but no response. It just went straight to voicemail. And that's pretty much where we left it. So the court will adjourn January 17th at 9 a.m. They're taking Monday today off for Martin Luther King Day. And we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, a lot has gone on gone down where a lot of details and stuff like that uh some of the things that caught my eye were during uh jr's testimony on the the august 12th uh 2020 that is where it was the text messages the text messages yeah that's where it said that it was i'm hormonal uh midlife crisis is what larry was saying through maya's text to jr and that he was using family to control her Yeah. Even like Larry's parents, he would tell them different versions so that they would like take his side. So she felt like she was very alone and like everybody just looked at her like the bad guy for wanting out. Yeah, there there was that. And then also like the when Jr. first went over to the Maletti's family's house, uh, he asked, hey, what's going on with, you know, the Big Bear trip? Because they were going to go to Big Bear for their daughter for his niece's birthday. 
And Larry said that, oh, I don't think I'm going anymore. I'm disinvited. So he was like really thrown off. Or like, what, is it, what does that even mean? Oh, we had, a, we had a fight the night before. So now she's locked herself in the room. And that's where, it, like, that was like that excuse. But then remember how uh, Larry said that he went to work, but his boss was calling him that same day that he hadn't gone to, the, to work on January 8th and the two days prior before. Oh, I know. I didn't click on that until like you pointed out where you're like, wait, he's in board shorts. He was at work. Get his kid all day. Like somewhere the lines don't line up. Mm -hmm. And I think through all this, it's it's been a, a little interesting, too, because of his defense attorney, Larry's defense attorney. So and her name is Bonita Martinez, Martinez. And if you're bored, go online and check out the commentary on it. I used to think that once you pass law school and you pass the bar, like, you could do anything law related. She is proof that you need to stay in your field. She is a family law attorney. She's not a trial attorney and it shows like this was all the highlights, but the amount of times that the judge had to stop and like literally rephrase the questions for her and give her warnings and like tell her like, this is the last time I'm going to do this. Like so much time was wasted on that. Yeah. Like two, two real quick examples. One, she was so stuck on uh, Maya's stay while she was living with JR during those six weeks that the judge literally said, I'm going to have to have you stop. I am not going to tell you any more about this. This is completely irrelevant to this hearing. I need you to stop. You either rephrase the questions or you're done. She was trying to use it to paint Maya to point paint Maya as a party girl or like wild drinker kind of girl yeah the other example was she tries to hint at that missing gun the 40 caliber that so far hasn't came up anywhere and she asks jr if like larry ever gifted him a gun and he's like no she's like what about your brothers and he's like not that i know of and she's like well he remembers gifting the gun to someone in your family and the judge was like whoa 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 we don't have proof of this like this is not a chance for you to like throw out insinuation. So unless you have proof and it's been documented, like this isn't going into evidence. So you need to stick to the facts. And it was just the funniest thing to like watch him shut her down multiple times. I mean, it's just scary how he's still putting up with it because I feel like one point he's just going to be like done. Yeah. So that's what we have for you. Days one through three um, in a nutshell. So those are our key points. Uh, if you guys uh, watch or listen to it, let us know what you guys think, because it's been interesting so far and they still have at least another two weeks of this. So I feel this is the excitement people get watching sports. I get the same watching like court TV. And yeah, it's definitely an interesting trial to see what evidence the prosecution has. And they have said like they're not going to show everything in this preliminary. They just need to show enough to get it into trial. And then once we go to trial, we'll see if they what cards they held back. Um, but yeah, stick with us. And then let's see what day four brings on Tuesday. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Talk to you guys then. Tell me where in the world is crime in San Diego. Hey,